From Capital Analytics, I'm Abby Malone, and this is Invest Insights. Every week, we bring you perspectives, business advice, and more from the leading executives, entrepreneurs, and investors who are building, diversifying, and leading the way in the country's fastest growing metro markets. Real leaders, real insights, right now. I'm joined today by Chris Meshenpush, the Managing Director of Kirshner Miller. Chris, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. So let's begin. You have nearly 30 years of experience in providing business advisory as well as audit and accounting services. To what degree has the need for creativity and innovation in your industry grown? And how are you fostering a work environment that promotes creative thinking? Yeah, so it's it's funny. Thirty years is a long time, and it's still I still can't believe I've been in the profession that long. And uh, I can remember the the first days in the profession when four of us shared one computer, you know, out wow. in the field when we worked at clients. So things have certainly changed a lot, and you know, I don't think the pace of change is going to subside anytime soon. Yeah, you know, in terms of our industry, there are a handful of obstacles that we struggle with when we talk about change and innovation. The the first one is regulation. So we operate in a regulated industry and, and those regulations place a constraint on our ability to innovate. Now, the good news is our industry, like every other regulated industry, is evolving and the right. people responsible for writing those rules are waking up to the fact that they need to be modernized. Um, the other issue that we have, though, is um, the nature of people that are drawn to accounting. So, you know, I'll turn the question to you when you think of the word accountant. Do you generally associate, associate creativity or innovation? Um, Chris, I'm probably thinking of someone a little bit, to say, maybe boring, uh, looking at a lot of papers, looking at lists and accounts. But uh, tell me, what are you observing now? Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, right? The the people that tend to be attracted to our profession, um, you know, are, are wired differently than somebody attracted to the marketing profession or the technology uh, environment. So, so that's one of our challenges is um, making sure that when we find that diamond in the rough, somebody that's interested in helping us move things forward, that we provide an environment um, that's conducive to you know allowing them to uh, you know give us advice on on how we can continue to to evolve as a firm. Um, the other thing that every business struggles with is the fact that humans generally don't like change. Um, and the good news on that front is that the pandemic has really helped us a lot in that regard. It's been horrible, obviously, for society and people who you know, have loved ones that have been sick or worse. But from a business perspective, we've learned a lot of lessons over the last two years. And our employees have seen a lot of the benefits of the changes that we've made. And those will stick with us long beyond the pandemic. So we need to continue that momentum. Uh, the the other issue uh, that I think we need to think about a lot is the fact that as companies evolve, they tend to change their orientation a bit. So companies formed, uh, uh, a founder usually has a, an idea because they spotted a need in the market and they're capitalizing on that idea. But as you grow, your people become much more focused on internal issues, their processes and how they do things and much less so on the market. So making sure that we're providing opportunities for our people to broaden their horizons a bit, think more about what's going on in the market, as opposed to just how we do things is really important for us. And we've done that a number of ways. So something as simple as sending new people to conferences, right? So they can hear from other people. But we have also had some intentional exercises. Uh, a few years ago, we did something called a war game where we divided our 40 directors up. That's about one sixth of our entire employee population divided them into small teams and every team had to assume the role of one of our competitors. 
And they spent a month researching that competitor to find out everything they possibly could about that firm, you know, right. where they hire, the types of people they hire, the services, their messaging. And the day of the war game, everybody showed up and competed. So every one of our competitors um, would make a move against us, and then we had to respond. Um, and the outcome of that was in, was interesting in that we identified a few areas where we needed to improve. But the more valuable part of the exercise was that it, it gave everybody an opportunity to learn much more about what was going on out in the marketplace. So some exercises like that have been very beneficial for us. Um, the, I'd say the other thing that we've tried to do is make sure that change is not a bureaucratic process, nothing like that to kind of stifle creativity. So we've create, we tend to create small working groups and give them the latitude to go out and find new technologies or identify new methods of doing our work uh, without a lot of guardrails um, and then come back to us and tell us what they'd like to adopt. Sure. And what we try to avoid doing is mandating it. Um, we, tr we first start with a pilot. And if we get it right, word spreads. It's viral internally. And people will start asking to use this new technology. And that's when we know we've really struck gold, right? When people are asking for it before we've rolled it out. And that's a lot different than we used to do. We used to mandate a change. And nine times out of 10, that fell flat on its face. So I think the new strategy is working much better uh, for us as we try to implement change in the firm. Absolutely. One of the key questions circling businesses and technology today center around cryptocurrencies and blockchain, some with skepticism and others with excitement. Considering the president's recent executive order on formalizing the regulations around crypto, in what ways do you believe these innovations will impact the accounting profession and financial management? It's really hard to fathom how pervasive the changes will be over time. And when I look at the timeline for blockchain and crypto, it, it's a lot like it was for digital streaming. If you look back at digital streaming, um, a lot of people probably don't remember ITV, which was the first streaming service or one of the first street streaming services launched in the late 90s. Uh, but technology wasn't where it needed to be. Bandwidth was just too narrow. Um, but by 2007 or 8, um, technology caught up. The infrastructure was in place uh, to allow companies like Netflix or Hulu uh, to succeed. Crypto has been around since um, uh, 2008. That was the, the first, the date the first blockchain was completed. So it's been a little over a decade, um, but we, it's still a bit like the Wild West, even though there's $2 trillion of market value in crypto. Um, businesses are still reluctant to enter into crypto transactions or adopt blockchain um, because there isn't enough regulation, enough stability around it. And I think that the administration's goals uh, of establishing some regulations will be very good and it'll, it should provide over time the stability that you need. So in terms of how it's gonna impact our profession, you know, when you boil down to the lowest level what the accounting profession is all about, it's about accounting for transactions, the mm -hmm. flow of assets either within a firm or with its customers. And that's essentially what blockchain is all about, right? It tracks assets as they move, right? Internally or externally. So a lot of the time that we spend, you know, chasing paper um, right. will be replaced by automation. And what that should do is free up time for our professionals to spend more time advising our clients on higher value uh, issues than simply chasing transactions. Um, so that's going to be pretty exciting to watch. And I think that that is right around the corner. About five years ago, 
you know, there were predict predictions that accountants would all be out of jobs. And I think the, you know, the, the talk has shifted to the fact that there will always be a role for accountants, but wouldn't, right. wouldn't their role be um, much better suited to advising their clients, again, rather than chasing transactions? Right. Technology is constantly evolving, and keeping up with these evolutions is key to any business's success. What are some of the interesting ways that Kirshner Miller is integrating new technologies into its operations to improve efficiencies and outcomes? Well, the first step, which is table stakes, honestly, at this point for almost any business is moving to the cloud. And uh, but doing that has given us the ability to interact in new ways with our clients and it's helped us coordinate our activities with them. Our team has been much more efficient. Certainly that has been important. Um, as we've dealt with the restrictions um, uh, resulting from the pandemic. Um, but the next phase is much more interesting. We're already using tools now that allow us to analyze large amounts of data. Mm. So when you think about what our professional services typically involve, particularly an audit, it's picking a sample of transactions and chasing down documentation again to try to validate that information or test whether it's right or wrong. Um, but that involves um, some level of risk because you may not pick the transactions that are problematic. Um, well, now we use technologies that can evaluate the entire population and using algorithms, they flag transactions that look odd. So they, they channel our efforts towards the higher risk issues facing our clients. Now, those technologies are constantly evolving and um, as AI becomes a central part of them, it should dramatically impact our work in that, again, we'll be looking at these data sets in their entirety um, looking at trends in that information that both indicate a risk that we need to be alert alert to during the course of an audit, but also risks that we can share with our clients to make sure that they're aware of them and they can better manage their own businesses. So that's something that um, I think will come down come down the line and continue to evolve. The other area is tax preparation. Hmm. So ten years ago, probably two years ago, we still had clients who dropped off shoeboxes full of documents at our office so we could prepare the wow. tax returns. <laughs> yeah. That's changed a lot now. And um, uh, we're using technologies that extract uh, information from source documents to populate certain parts of the tax return. But we're not far away at all from having artificial intelligence-based applications that can prepare a return from start to finish with almost no human interaction. So that will be exciting again for the same reasons that, as I mentioned before, in that it'll give us the ability to spend more time on higher value activities rather than filling in boxes on a tax return. You've been listening to Invest Insights. Be sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast to hear more. I'm Abby Maloney. Thank you for tuning in.